0: the Word of God has to say. Uh, We're going to be starting a series tonight, uh, which I'm really excited about. Uh, We're going to be looking at healing in the ministry of Jesus. Uh, This is not going to be a quick series. We're going to take some time to look at um, the different individual accounts of healing through the life of Jesus. Look at the people that he ministered to. We're going to study them individually, and we're going to find out what the Word of God is teaching us through all of these. Uh, One of the things I learned a long time ago is that uh, these different healing accounts, there's a lot of truth in them. When we study them individually, we can get a lot of things out of them. But when we study them as a group, when we look at the whole picture of the Word of God, uh, all of these different healing accounts through the Gospels, uh, I believe that they're like individual pieces of a puzzle. Uh, There's about 19 or 20 healing cases and then there's uh, some where people were set free from demons and and obviously raised the dead as well. But we're going to be focusing mainly on the healing passages. Uh, But they're like individual pieces of a puzzle. And when you put them together, they really build up the whole picture of the healing ministry. And they help us to understand how healing works, also how to receive healing, uh, and, and the things that can hinder us receiving. Now, now you can take the principles about receiving healing and apply them to other areas. You see, the principles work the same in different areas. Uh, faith to receive healing, faith to receive answered prayer, the principles work. So, you know, you might not specifically be needing healing right now, but these principles which we're going to study will help you to receive from God to get your prayers answered in other areas as well. So uh, as we study this, I just want you to, to open your heart, grab a hold of uh, these principles and, and hear what God is saying. Like I said, these, these individual healing accounts in the ministry of Jesus, uh, they come together. They're like pieces of a puzzle. And when you put them all together, they build the full picture of how healing works and uh, how, how to receive from God. Not only that, they also teach us how to minister healing to other people. One of the things that uh, we're going to look at uh, as we do this study over the next few weeks, and this, as I said, this is, we're not going to rush the study. It might take us a while. Um, but one of the things we're going to look at and one of the things we're going to see is that these, these cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus, uh, they, they, they show to us the different people uh, that are involved in healing. Now, obviously, we know God, God is involved in healing. And people have questions about God, uh, his will. Does he want to do it? Is he going to do it for me? Uh, when I really need to count on him the most, is he going to be there? So we're going to see questions about God answered. Uh, another person that's involved in these healing accounts is, is the receiver, the, the sick person. What was involved in them receiving healing? What was involved in them uh, receiving from God through Jesus? Um, and the, other th- the third uh, kind of person involved that we're going to learn about uh, as we do this study is the minister themselves. Now, in many cases, Jesus was the minister. Jesus was the person ministering healing. Uh, in other cases, there were, uh, there we learn some things as the disciples tried to be the minister. Uh, in other cases, you've got people like the ruler of the synagogue who should have been the minister. So as we study these cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus, in a sense, if you imagine like a triangle, you've got God, you've got the minister, and you've got the receiver. Now, all three of those play their part in receiving. Um, Now, sometimes the minister is not necessarily involved at all. You know, you can have God and just the receiver. But to understand the, the full picture of the healing ministry, you've got all three of these, God, the minister, and the receiver. And as we study these, these different healing uh, accounts, we're going to see that certain uh, passages teach us more about one of these or two of these. They don't necessarily all teach us about all three, but they add different bits of information to the whole picture. And they show us how receiving from God works. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I think most people, most of us want to know how to receive from God or how, how to help other people to receive from God so um this is why i 'm excited about this i don 't i don 't th- think there is anywhere in the Word of God that is a better place to learn about the healing ministry to learn about how to receive from God than the ministry of jesus itself and I, I, as we go through these each week, I think you 're going to start to get quite excited as you you begin to see pieces of the puzzle put into place maybe maybe in your own understanding there's been gaps and there's been things that you haven't quite understood i believe that when when this all of these healing accounts in the ministry of jesus when they come together you've got the complete picture and we should have our questions answered and we should know how to receive from god how how we can get a hold of it how can we activate healing in our life when we need it or how can we activate it through us to other people as a minister so um that's some of the things we're going to be looking at I, tonight I'm just introducing this I just want to whet your appetite a little bit start to stir you up about uh where we're going to be going and some of the things that you're going to be learning over the next few weeks. You know, I uh, I was I've been stirred up in the last few weeks and when I first started in ministry it's a good 20 years ago now. Um when I first started in ministry, healing was one of the things that God really um, had at the forefront as to what he had on my heart. Now, through the years as I've got involved in teaching in Bible schools and I've taught many other subjects and I've learned a lot as well. Um, I haven't maybe necessarily emphasized the healing side of it as much as I used to. And as we've started these broadcasts, the Spirit of God has just stirred on me, that it stirred in my heart that, to come back to this come back to some of the roots as to where he started me in ministry uh in in the healing and in helping people receive from God so that's why that's one of the reasons I'm excited about this it's you know there there there's so many different ideas in the church so many different things get taught from the pulpit uh people people hear religious ideas they hear things that are not in line with the word of God they hear things that Cause confusion or create doubt. Now, some of you might have noticed, I think it was yesterday on my on, on Facebook page, uh, I put a, a status update, and that was that the status update was this that our own opinion and religious ideas build uncertainty and doubt in God. If you follow religious opinion, if you follow religious ideas, if you follow your own opinion, that builds doubt in us, it creates uncertainty. In God, but uh, on the on the on the the opposite side of that, the Word of God creates certainty in God, creates uh, brings us to a place of complete confidence and assurance in Him. So as we as we look to the Word of God, this this will be, I believe, what gets stirred in you: greater assurance and confidence in God from these different passages to bring you to the place of being able to receive and, and and eliminating every doubt every uncertainty you have in your life as to whether God's gonna move uh, and how to get him to move in your life. I believe God wants to move God 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 wants to move in our lives uh, far more than many of us are experiencing I'm just gonna I'm just going pause here for a moment because I just want to encourage people that, Uh, You know, I don't don't know where everybody's at when as you're listening to this, but I really believe, you know, we might not be in a sense face to face in a church meeting, but as I teach right now, the power of the Lord is present to heal and to touch people's lives. And if anybody is listening to this, whether live or, or later on by video, uh, just open your heart right now and you can receive a healing from God. You can, you, you, whatever it is, that healing anointing is present. The power of God is present to set people free right now as we teaching in Jesus' name. So just open your heart and say, Father, I thank you. I receive that. I receive your touch in my life as as the word of God is being taught. Now, back, back to what I was saying. <clears throat> the um, So many people have heard religious ideas. They've heard opinions. They've heard things that have created confusion, uncertainty in their own life. You know, I've I've even had to deal with this myself that I I, I was raised around the word of God. I was raised um, around the word of faith that preaches faith and confidence in God. Some of the best quality word and teaching imaginable on this planet. Um, I... I, uh, I, I, I was raised around that, but um, you know as, as I got around religious people and, 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 and it heard different things, those things get into the mind, they get into your thinking. and I've, I've even found at times through the years when I've wanted to, to, to trust God and pray for things that doubts creep in and things that, that religious people, theology has said that, that is not in line with the Word of God, it becomes a hindrance in your heart. And it attacks you and creates questions and uncertainty, and that's why we've got to be around the Word of God. That's why we've got to feed upon the Word of God, because the Word of God is going to get rid of those doubts. It's going to create that certainty in God and help us to make sure our thinking is right toward Him. Um, so let's 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 talk a little bit more about these uh, these healing accounts in the ministry of Jesus. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe that the healing ministry operates by principles. There, there, there are certain principles involved in receiving from God. Now, if you can understand, if you can learn those principles, if you can understand how healing works, then you can put those principles into practice and, and see the results. Uh, everything God operates according to principles and many times people don't understand these principles and and as we look to the healing ministry of Jesus you're going to see these principles coming together and coming clearer I believe it is possible to, to understand healing and to understand receiving from God so clearly and so accurately that when you put those principles into practice you get results and it, does, it shouldn't take years and it shouldn't take months and an extended period of time. The, God has this for us. And and he wants us to understand these principles that we're going to be studying. You know, many people, uh, when it comes to receiving from God, um, it's healing and, and even answered prayer in other areas. Healing is almost a very hit and miss situation. It's almost like, uh, let's try it and see if it happens. You know, let's throw a prayer up. Let's ask God for something, and 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 if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And 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 you know, you know, maybe maybe God didn't want it for me if it doesn't happen or something like that. There's a lot of uncertainty, and people treat healing almost like a hit and miss. You know, shoot at the target, and well, let's hope we hit it, and maybe we won't. Now, I do not believe that healing or receiving from God in any other area. I do not believe it is, a, is what I call a hit and miss situation. It's not a coincidence. It's not a, a maybe or a might. If you put the principles into practice, you apply the principles of the word of God, the, the Bible teaches and promises and guarantees you will get the results. Now, when I look at, when I look at Jesus... You know, Jesus did not minister to people from a position of uncertainty. Uh, What do I mean by that? He, he, look at the way he talked and and you see this in the disciples. You see this in Paul, the apostles. They did not minister to God from a position of uncertainty. When, When Jesus prayed for people, he didn't say, well, you know, let's try put some clay in your eyes, you know, blind guy. Let's let's try this. You know, and we'll see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you know, we'll try something else. Um, and, and 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 you know, and he sticks the clay and the, the the clay in the guy's eyes and rubs it away. And then, go, oh well, oh no, that didn't work. Um, let me see. You know, let's oh, you know, somewhere in the Bible, uh, uh, there's another thing. You know, oh, I remember someone went and dipped in a river. Let's put you in a river and let's see if that works. Okay jesus never tried one thing let's see if it works let's try something else let's see if it works oh if it doesn't let's try something else oh there goes my light hold on and um many people these days minister like that to 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 many people these days it's very hit and miss I, i remember years ago i was in a in a meeting and um they, 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 they were praying for this lady who was sick and the, 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 there was a group of people and there was, they was very much had the attitude of let's try something and see if it works. And I remember they, they, they tried laying hands upon her and they prayed for like 10 or 15 minutes and then, then they looked at her and said, well, you know, are you healed? And, and, and because she, she was still sick, they said, oh, well, that didn't work. And then they thought, well, you know, let's try cast a demon out. And so they, they, they tried to cast a demon out and they did that for 10 or 15 minutes. And then that didn't seem to work. So they thought, you know, maybe someone said, well, maybe it's a generational curse. And so they tried that for 10 or 15 minutes. And they were trying one thing and then trying another and um, seeing what would work. And if it didn't work, um, then they, they would try something else. Now, I don't believe receiving from God is about trying one thing let's see if it works let's try laying on of hands well that didn't work let's try getting someone else to pray for me well that didn't work well let's try something else the reason people are so uncertain and they're trying one thing trying something else is because they do not know the principles that make it work they don't know how to connect this together now Jesus did not minister from a position of uncertainty he did not minister from a, from a perspective of not being sure whether something will work or whether it won't. He knew, and, and he knew exactly what to do for each person. Why did he know? Well, one, because he was led by the Holy Spirit, and two, because he knew the principles of the Word of God. He knew what, exactly what to do. Do this and it will work. You don't see him trying three or four things with each person. He did the right thing. He got a result and he went on to the next person. Now, we need to learn to follow Jesus' example. We need to know the principles so well that we know how to put them into practice. And when we do, they work. That's one of the things we're going to learn as we study the healing ministry of Jesus. As we do this study, we're going to teach you principles from the word of God that work no uncertainty no no try this and see if it works it's more about following jesus example knowing what we see from his word that works putting it into practice and seeing the results amen so hopefully you're excited about this already as i said just introducing it still let's hopefully you've got your bible let's uh let's go to some scriptures quickly about the ministry of jesus let's go to mark uh, sorry matthew matthew chapter 4 matthew chapter 4 and um verse 23 matthew chapter 4 verse 23 we'll read verse 23 24 um yeah verse 23 and 24 it says this Matthew Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people how, how many how many sickness and disease did he heal it says all now this, there are many scriptures that say this. He healed over and over again. It says he healed them all. Uh, another one is Acts ten twenty eight. Uh, Acts ten thirty eight says this: How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil there's that word all again and you over and over again when it talks about the healing ministry of jesus we see that it says he healed them all um back here in matthew 4 verse 24 it says uh so he healed all kinds of sickness all kinds of disease among the people says then his fame went throughout all syria and they brought to him all there it is again all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And when it says he healed them, who is the them that it's talking about? It's that word all again. It says they brought all who were sick and he healed them. In other words, he healed them all. Now, that's an important uh, principle there because Over and over again in the ministry of Jesus, we see that he healed them all. He healed them all. You know, some people today don't believe that God heals everybody. I I find it sad. It's tragic that there are still people in the church who do not believe that God heals everybody. Um, And... I don't know where, you know, well, I do religious ideas, where they get these ideas from. But in the ministry of Jesus, there are many times it says God healed them all. Now some people today would have you believe that, you know, God doesn't heal everybody or God doesn't answer everybody's prayer. Now, you need to understand this. Jesus, while he was on this earth, he was the will of God. He, he, he was the revealed will of God. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, I do it uh, how the Father does it. Uh, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. See what Jesus is like. If Jesus operates a particular way, that shows you what the Father's like. Now, if, if the, in the ministry of Jesus, if it says he healed them all, what does that tell us about the Father? How many does the Father heal? Well, it's the same thing because Jesus reveals the Father. If Jesus healed them all, then we know that the Father heals them all. Now, I, I find it interesting that, it, you know, if it was not God's will to heal everybody, if God didn't want to heal e- everybody, then surely somewhere in one of the crowds, at least and probably more than one. In at least one of the crowds that Jesus ministered to, there would have been one person that it was not God's will to heal. Now, if, if, if there was, if, if it was true that God doesn't heal anybody, then that, then that should be in the ministry of Jesus. Somewhere in the ministry of Jesus, we should find the person that it was not God's will to heal. Sorry, my light keeps falling here. Somewhere in the ministry of Jesus somewhere in the ministry of Jesus should be the person one of the people that it was not God's will to heal. And and the fact that we do not see anybody in the ministry of Jesus that it was not God's will to heal what does that tell us? There are none. If, if, if there are no examples in the ministry of Jesus that it was not God's will to heal, that tells us there is no one that it is not God's will to heal. If he healed them in Jesus' ministry and he healed everybody, we know today, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, we know that today he heals them all. That applies today. There's not a single example in the ministry of Jesus where Jesus said to someone, I'm I'm sorry, it's not my will to heal you. You know, we've got a crowd of 5,000 people here. I'm going to heal 4,999 of them, just not you. It's not God's will. Sorry, you're the one. That, that, that is nowhere in the ministry of Jesus. There is not a single person that Jesus said to any of them, I'm not going to heal you. Not a single person. Uh, And and to add to that, there's nobody in the ministry of Jesus that, you know, sometimes I wonder at the things that we say these days. You know, you hear ministers say things like, uh, you know, maybe God's teaching you something through this. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the Lord's teaching you. There's a lot, there are a lot of people that believe God is teaching them through sickness and disease. And again, Jesus is the will of God you would think if, if, if God teaches people through sickness and disease, then show me one example where Jesus said to someone, you know, God's teaching you, so I'm sorry I can't heal you right now. Go and learn your lesson first and, you know, in, in, about, in about a year's time, come back to me and try again and, and if you've learned what God's trying to teach you, I'll pray for you then. Where is that in the ministry of Jesus? Where in the ministry of Jesus did Jesus say that? He never, he never said it. Jesus not once did he say to anybody, God's, teach, God's teaching you through this, or, 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 or God has some kind of purpose for this in your life, so you're gonna have to keep it. Now, you know, I believe the church, the, the church this is this, Christianity, we got our name after Christ. Christ, Christianity. Uh, he is the head of the church. This is his church. Uh, The the church is founded upon Jesus and what he started and what he taught. We're not supposed to have moved away from what he taught. We're supposed to be working with and in line with what he taught. Now, why why today do we say things that Jesus never said? Okay? Why do we say to people God has a purpose in this sickness in your life? Okay, if you're going to say something like that, then you need to be able to show that Jesus sh- Jesus said that. Uh, you know, God has a purpose, so you're going to have to keep this. I'm sorry. You, you, just you know, God has a purpose for you being blind. God has a purpose for you being lame, so you're just going to have to keep it. Where, where in the ministry of Jesus did He say that? The answer is nowhere. Now, if it's not in the ministry of Jesus, we cannot claim that, it's, that it, that's what the Father is like. Because Jesus is the visible demonstration of the Father. He came to show us what the Father is like. So if Jesus never said to anyone, it's God's purpose for you to carry this difficulty, this sickness and just bear it through life, then what do we know about the Father? Well, if Jesus never said it, I can tell you this, the Father does not say that. Now, religious ministers today might say that, but just because people today say that does not mean that is what God is saying. If we're going to claim that God is saying something, we should be able to prove it and show it out. Show it to people in the ministry of Jesus. Show me where Jesus said, the sickness is teaching you. Show me where Jesus said, there's some purpose in the sickness. You've got to keep it. Show me where Jesus. Show me where Jesus said no. It's not there. You show. If you're going to tell me, you know, if people say that. I'm not saying some of you, some of your people of faith. But if somebody's going to say, you know, uh, you know, I asked God for healing and God said no. I'm going to tell you this. Where in the ministry of Jesus? Okay? If you're going to claim God is like something, you need to show it to me in the ministry of Jesus. Where in the ministry of Jesus is there a single example where a person came to Jesus for healing and Jesus just looked at them and flat out said, sorry, no, not for you. It's not there. There's not an example there where Jesus did that. Now Jesus has given to us to reveal what the Father is like. So if we're going to say today, all of these different religious phrases that create doubt, doubt and uncertainty in people, and put questions about whether God wants to do something, all of these different things that we claim today, that the problem is many of or most of them, they are not in the life of Jesus. So we cannot claim that is what God is like. Because Jesus is the revealed will of the Father. He came to show us what the Father is like. Now I can tell you, I can tell you what the Father is like. You look at Jesus, people who came to Jesus for healing, you know what? Left healed. Now, this is another thing. Again, today we're just looking at some general principles. We're going to dig a bit more into this in the weeks to come and looking at individual studies. But you know, I, I've, I've had people say things like they'll, they'll say things like, you know, well, you know, the man, um, the, one, the one man that Jesus ministered to and his disciples said who sinned. And, and, and it looks it almost looks like Jesus says, you know, this thing is for the glory of God. Now, I, I worded that carefully. It looks like that's what he's saying, because we're going to study that you going find that's not what he said. Jesus was not saying that sickness was for the glory of God. He was actually saying the healing was for the glory of God. But we'll look at that later. But when people come and they say things about, and they use a passage from the ministry of Jesus, like some of the, something said toward the start, and they use it to push some kind of doctrine that, you know that proves why God doesn't heal people. My answer is this. You know what? Yes, Jesus said some things at the start to some of these people, and there's some challenging statements in there, but I can tell you one thing. By the end of the passage, every one of them was healed. Okay. In a matter of minutes from when Jesus said these things that people use to try to preach why somebody should be sick for 10, 15, 20 years, they take a statement out of a passage where a person is healed at the end and try to use a passage of healing to prove a doctrine of non-healing. How, how does that make any sense? Okay, now... Even though there might be some challenging statements, even though there might be some questions from some of the things said earlier on in some of these passages, you need to understand this. In a matter of minutes, as you read through that passage, there's a bit of discussion between Jesus and the sick person or the father or or, or, or somebody in that passage. But every single one of the examples that we are given in the ministry of Jesus of healing, by the end of the account, the person is healed. So any doctrine you get out of that passage should support the fact that by the end of it, the person should be healed. You cannot use a passage where a person is healed to try and, and pull one line out and try to push a doctrine that proves why God doesn't heal. That doesn't make sense. That's called taking the word. That's taking the word of God out of context. That's, that's taking a verse, taking a passage and, and twisting it to say what you want it to say. The good news is every example we have where the Holy Spirit has given us detail in the ministry of Jesus about these different cases, every one of them, by the end of the passage, the person is healed. They are free. That's the exciting thing. So if you're going to get anything out of these passages and you're going to pull pull doctrines and questions out of some of the discussion between Jesus and that sick person through the passage, make sure that by the end of it, and it should be a matter of minutes, you're healed. Otherwise, don't try and push some doctrine to prove why a person should be sick for 20 years from a passage where a person is healed. I, you see, people try and make the word of God say whatever they want to say. But the good thing is every one of the cases we have in the ministry of Jesus, even if you don't fully understand the discussion and the things Jesus says to the person through the passage, by the end of it, they're healed. And that's the result that is available to each one of us. That's the result you can get if you put the principles into practice that, uh, that we're going to learn from the ministry of Jesus. Oh, here's another one. I was, I, was, I was talking about things Jesus did not say to people. Okay? Nowhere, not once, did Jesus say to people, God's teaching you through this. Not once did Jesus say, no, you're not the one I'm going to heal. Sorry, it's not God's will for you. Not once. Here's another thing. Jesus, not once did Jesus put sickness on anybody. I'd let that sink in. Jesus is the revealed will of God. He, he came to reveal the father to us. He came to show us what the father is like. Now, if God makes people sick, you, you prove to me, you show me where in the ministry of Jesus did Jesus make someone sick? Because Jesus came to show us what the father's like. So all of the, these religious things where people try to say, well, you know, God did this, God put it on me. No, you can't prove that in the ministry of Jesus. You cannot prove in the ministry of Jesus where Jesus met. well, you can't prove you can't show it at all. There is not a single example where Jesus made someone sick. He didn't line them all up and say, blind person, let's let's set you free. There you go. It's God's will to heal you. Lame person, oh come on, let's, you know, God's gonna heal you. Healthy person, come here. God's got sickness for you today. You're the one that God has decided to make sick today. No, it's not in there. It's not in there. In the ministry of Jesus not a single example where Jesus made someone sick now what does that tell me God doesn't make people sick God does not make people sick amen here's another thing not once when, when there were times where healing did not happen okay there were some instances where people were not healed uh, like when Jesus went to his own hometown but oh there goes the light I'm having trouble with this light today hold on okay <laughs> um, where was I not once when when somebody um, did not get healed this is important not once did Jesus blame God OK, now he said there were other things Jesus talked about, you know, it said he marveled at their unbelief, all kinds of things. And where, you know, people believe different things about faith and unbelief. But one, not, one thing you can see is not once did Jesus blame God when results did not happen. Not once did he highlight, oh, you know, you know, it just clearly wasn't the will of God or oh, there just wasn't enough power available today. You know, the just the anointing just wasn't here. I'm sorry, people. The anointing just wasn't here today. Uh, God clearly, you know, is just not working in this situation. Not once did Jesus blame God. Not once. Now, what does that tell us today? If Jesus never blamed God for someone not, for people not receiving, then why do we? Why are we saying things that are not in the ministry of Jesus? If Jesus is our Lord, Jesus is our example, Jesus is the one who came to reveal the Father, he showed us what the Father is like. If, if these things are true, and they are, then why do we say things that you do not find in the ministry of Jesus? The answer is because we don't understand the principles like he understood them. We, 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 and, and we need to. We need to start seeing what Principles of healing are revealed in the ministry of Jesus. And we need to stop saying things that Jesus didn't say. So all these religious phrases. Jesus was the image of the Father, the express image of the Father. He came to show us what the Father is like. Amen? And so we need to make sure that the claims we make about healing, about receiving from God, if you're going to say it, make sure you can find a place where Jesus said it prove it out, show that he said it. And let's begin to give the same reasons. Let's begin to highlight the same things that Jesus highlighted. Let's begin to 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 to, to believe ourselves. You know, when we explain to other people, highlight the things Jesus highlighted, but believe yourself. Even begin to believe that, that things that are in line with what he said. So Jesus showed people it's God's will to heal over and over again. He showed people how to get it. Amen? So what we're going to do in the next few weeks, as I said, this is just an introductory uh, one today. And uh, I, just, I just saw a comment here. Someone says it's true, lack of understanding in the word. Most definitely very true. There, there is a lot of lack of understanding in the word. And uh, that's why we're doing these broadcasts. That's why I want to get this out there. I, I, I'm determined. We're going to make sure that there is more understanding of the word of God going out there. People are going to get a hold of this. These studies, I'm a teacher. I teach the Word. So these studies are not necessarily individual. Uh, These classes, they're not just one class. I I teach by series. This is going to be a series of teaching where we're going to build principle upon principle upon principle. um, Different things that come together to, to, to help you to understand the healing ministry. Help you to understand the Word. And and, and these teachings are going to stay available online as people begin to spread them, as as you begin to share them, then then hopefully there'll be less uh, lack of understanding of the word. Very true, uh, the person who said that. Now, just just to give you a little bit of um, uh, understanding of what we're going to do through this series is uh, the Holy Spirit has given us examples through the ministry of Jesus. You know, you might, be, you might know some of them. You've got things like the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, you've got uh, the nobleman's son who came to Jesus. You've got Jairus. Jairus came to Jesus. We've got individual. Now, we saw, we saw there are passages where the, where the Bible says he healed them all. You know, and, and, and uh, so, so we know there were times that there were crowds where Jesus healed everybody there. However, out of all the people that Jesus healed, now, we don't know exact numbers of how many he healed because over and over again, Jesus says he healed them all. And it could have been a big crowd there. There were times we know Jesus had 5,000 people or more around him, listening to him. Um, and, and, and if he healed all of the sick people in that crowd, like I said, if it wasn't God's will to heal everybody, surely there would have been one in there that it wasn't, but he healed them all, okay? But we don't know how many thousands of people Jesus actually healed while on this earth. However, out of all the people that Jesus healed, the Holy Spirit selected a, a, a certain passages. Now, uh, the passages that we are given about, um, you know, where there's detail given about like the woman with the issue of blood or other people like that, um it, the Holy Spirit has selected those. In a sense, you could call them, this. the word I'm looking for is case study. You know, like these days when someone does a case study of a, of a particular person. The Holy Spirit has done case studies of um, s- certain ones. He chose certain people out of the thousands of people Jesus healed in his ministry. He chose certain case studies to give us. Now, why did the Holy Spirit choose those particular ones? You know, he could have chosen other ones. Uh, Why did he choose the woman with the issue of blood? Why did he choose Jairus? Why did he choose the nobleman's son? Now, I don't believe this was just random. I don't believe the Holy Spirit just thought, oh, well, let's just randomly pick some out of the group and teach them. I believe that the Holy Spirit specifically picked these cases of healing because each of the ones he chose illustrates to us certain principles that he wants us to understand. He chose them for a reason. The the Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He chose which of these uh, specific cases to put in there. And he put them in there because they reveal principles to us that he wants us to understand. Uh, Like I said, almost like pieces of a puzzle. Each of these uh, was specifically selected because they're relevant. They were selected for us because they are relevant. There are things in there. That God wants you to understand. There's things in each of these passages that, like I said, they're like a puzzle. When you put them together, you know, you can learn some very powerful things by studying one passage, like the woman with the issue of blood, amazing truths in there. Okay? But if you isolate that study, you'll only get a certain amount out of it. However, if you look at each of these cases, all of these 19 or 20 or so different passages that the Holy Spirit has selected, they come together as a group. And as a group, they put together the full picture of how the healing ministry works. Okay, and that's why he he specifically chose those ones because he wanted us to understand the principles. He wanted us to see how this works. He wanted us to understand exactly how we can uh, we can re- receive from God by putting into pa- practice the principles that are taught in these passages. Okay, now just uh again i'm just giving you a little bit of information that we're going to build on in the, in in the, in the weeks to come but if you go quickly let's just go to if you, i did say bring your bibles along so hopefully you've got your bibles if you go quickly to um uh mark 9 let me just use this as an example mark chapter 9 <clears throat> Mark chapter 9, um, uh, now this is the passage that I'm, I'm planning on studying in detail next week, so I, 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 want, I, want, to, uh, I want to encourage you, that we're going to pick up on this passage um, uh, next week in detail, because otherwise we'll be sitting here teaching all night, um, which some of you might not mind, um, but Mark chapter 9, uh, I just want to show this part of it for now, Verse 14 says this. Uh, now Jesus has just been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And, and when he comes down, there's a bit of a commotion going on with his disciples and, and some other people. So Mark chapter 9 verse 14 says this. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed amazed. And running to him, greeted him, and he asked the scribes, "What are you discussing with them?" Okay, so G- Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. He's got a couple of his disciples with him, and as they come down, there's a crowd. In fact, it says a great multitude. So obviously, a big crowd of people had gathered, and um, there seems to be a bit of a commotion, a bit of a dispute going on. It says the scribes were disputing with Jesus' disciples. So. Um, you know, disputing, I don't know, arguing, or there was a bit of a fuss going on, okay? Um, And then it says, when they saw Jesus, the people kind of ran over to him. And he says to them, "What what are you discussing? What's going on here? What are you discussing with them? Now, in verse 17, this man speaks up. It says, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Oh, they could not. Don't worry, I'm going to wet your appetite. We're going to study this next week. Okay, we're going to look into that. Why couldn't the disciples, what was going on here? Why wasn't this boy getting healed? Now, however, however, I I will throw this out now, and I'll probably repeat this next time. I want you to notice this just because the disciples could not get this boy free does not mean it was not God's will for the boy to be free. Okay. Now how do we know it was God's will for the boy to be free? Because just a few verses later, Jesus got him set free. Okay. So within a short few moments, this boy was free. See, just because one person can't help you doesn't mean conclude it's, got, it's not God's will. Just because one minister, just because one group of people cannot help you doesn't mean you conclude, oh, well, maybe God doesn't want me to have it. All right? It just might mean that you've got to find the person who can help you. See, just because the disciples could not help this boy does not mean it was not God's will for him to be free. As soon as Jesus came on the scene, that boy got free. Amen. We'll study that a little bit more next week and look at what's going on uh, and and, and, uh, what was was the hindrance here. But I want you to just jump a little bit further uh, back in what we read. Verse 17. It says, then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son. Right. Now, you understand that there are no words in the Bible, in the Word of God, that are irrelevant. Everything means something. There's there's, there's truth behind everything. Okay. It, that phrase there is so easy to just jump over and not actually see what's going on here. But I'm gonna say this now because I want you to, to understand where we're going with this study. This man brought his son to Jesus. Okay. Now there are some passages where Jesus went to the sick person uh, the man by the pool uh, Jesus went to him the sick person was where he was and and Jesus went to the sick person in this particular instance this the father and his son let's just say that we'll just say the sick person just or the two of them okay the the receivers the ones who needed healing in this passage they came to Jesus. This is important because uh, the, the, if you can get a hold of this and we're going to look at, take a few weeks to look at this, this will answer a lot of questions, all right? There are different ways to receive healing. Sometimes God goes to the sick person. God moves supernaturally and initiates healing in that person's life. So sometimes God goes to the sick person. Other times we go to God. We approach him, right? Now, as we study these cases of healing, we're going, to, we're going to divide them up, and we're going to look at the two different groups. So the first set we're going to study are the ones that they came to Jesus. You've got the woman with the issue of blood. She went to Jesus. Jairus, he went to Jesus. And these were not Jesus coming to them first. They, these people went to Jesus, so we're going to look at that group first, the ones that went to Jesus, and then second, we're going to look at the ones Jesus went to, and you're going to find some very interesting patterns uh, in, in in the passages because you're going to find that the people who went to Jesus, the principles involved in their uh, the, the principles involved in them receiving healing, were slightly different to the principles involved, the ones that Jesus went to them. Okay, so you'll see that it's different set of principles, and that's why they need to be studied separately. So, you know, do you, do you realize that the Bible teaches that when we approach God, there is a particular way we are supposed to approach Him? All right? Now, sometimes God comes to us, it's His business how He comes. If He wants to come a different way, that's up to Him. However, when you go to God... You are the one approaching him. You have a need, you go to him in prayer. You approach the throne, or you go to a minister or someone else and ask them to pray with or for you. You are the one approaching. Like this man says, I brought my son. He came to Jesus. When you are the one approaching and you are the one going to God with your need, There are certain principles that the Bible lays down that are involved in you approaching God. For example, let's look at at a couple of these quickly before we end off today's teaching. If you go to the book of Hebrews, the Bible tells us how we are to approach God. Now, it's not, a, it's not up to me to just ignore how the Bible tells me to approach God. If the Bible tells me to come to God a particular way, then I need to make sure that when I come to God, I do it the way the Bible tells me to come to Him. Amen? So, let's, let's look quickly at Hebrews chapter 4. How does the Bible tell us we come? Well, Hebrews chapter 4, you might have heard this one before. Verse 16. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says this. Let us therefore come. So who's this talking about? Is this talking about when God comes to me? And I'm just sitting around and suddenly God comes in my room. No, this this verse is not talking about when God comes to me. This is talking about when I go to God. So let us therefore come. We are the ones coming. How do we come? Boldly boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The Bible shows us how we are supposed to approach God. All right. Let's look at another one. Hebrews chapter 11. Cause I want you to bear these principles in mind as we do this study, because you're going to see that when people, when the sick person came to Jesus Jesus expected these principles to to, to be in play, how the Bible tells us to approach God. And when they were not in play, Jesus had to teach that person and show them how to get those principles in play. When you approach God, there's a particular way the Bible tells you to do it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6, you might have heard this one before, says this, But without faith, It is impossible to please him for he who comes to God. Now, is this verse talking about when God comes to you? No. This verse is not talking about God coming to you. This is talking about when you approach God, when you are the one going to him, you're sick, you have a need, whatever it is, and you are going to the Father, either directly or directly asking someone else to pray with you or for you that's still you approaching says he who comes to god must believe now must is that optional no must is not optional when it says he who comes to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him I'm not going to go into all of that right now, but what I want you to see is that the Bible says when you come to God, there is a requirement. There are a number of requirements. Boldness. You approach in boldness. Another requirement is believing. The Bible says, when you come, you believe. All right. Now, many of the people, when they came to Jesus, were not actually believing. And you're going to have you're going to see this why Jesus had to talk with them a little bit, and he had to bring them to the place where they were believing so that he could then help them let's just look at one more very quickly james chapter 5 you need to understand that the bible teaches that when we come to god when we go to him for healing when we go to him with a need there is a particular way to approach james chapter 5 um verse let's see which one to start in uh verse 14 james 5 verse 14 says this is anyone among you sick well good question is it are any, are any of you sick well if you are like i said you can receive you can receive healing during these broadcasts thank god for healing right now in people's lives amen and we receive that father thank you for the power of god is anyone among you sick James 5.14 Let him call for the elders of the church. Now, does this verse say, is anyone among you sick, let the elders of the church go to him? Or does it say, let him, the sick person, call for the elders of the church? Okay? This verse is not talking about yeah, it's funny how we, we people have taken this passage and, and, and talked about how you know, every time there's a sick person, the elders of the church must go to them. It's not what this passage says. This passage is instructions for a sick person to call. In other words, the sick person is approaching. They are taking the first step. Okay. Is anyone among you, let him call, sorry, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, we've taken the let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We've accepted those bits, but we don't seem to, we seem to forget the fact that this is talking about the sick person calling the elders. Sick person asking, you come and pray for me. And then verse 15 says this, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So again, what is involved when the sick person approaches, when the sick person asks for healing and he says, you come and pray for me, what what specifically does it mention? It mentions the prayer of faith, okay? Now you're going to find as we look at the healing ministry of Jesus, as we do this study over the next few weeks and we go through this, whenever the sick person approached Jesus, when they came to him, these principles were required. They were necessary. It, faith was involved. Believing uh, and, and, and some of the other things. There is a specific way that the Bible teaches we ought to approach God. If you want results, if you want the results the Bible promises, then approach God the way the Bible teaches us to approach Him. Now That's a different matter if God comes to you. Okay, It doesn't say uh, when the Lord comes to you. You must do this, this, and this. In fact, I don't think there's any verses like that. None that I know of. But there are specific laid out requirements in the Bible when you approach God. So as we study these cases of healing, we look at the, the cases where, where where the sick person came to Jesus, like that one we read in, in Mark 9. It says, Lord, I brought to you my son. I came to you. All right? You're going to see that Jesus knew that when the sick person came to him, certain things were required in them in order for them to receive healing and when jesus did not see those certain things he often had to try to help that person talk to them to get them to the place where those specific characteristics were present and it was only once they approached the right way and jesus was able to get those principles working that the healing then then took place now that's a different set of principles entirely. When God went to the sick person, and there were times Jesus went to the sick people, that's a different category of healing. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to look at these two different categories. We're going to start off. We're going to look at the people who came to Jesus. They approached the woman with the issue of blood. That one I mentioned in Mark 9, which we're going to start at next week. We're going to look at the people who came to Jesus and we're going to see what principles are involved. What principles does the ministry of Jesus teach us are needed, are required in our lives when we come to God. Because if we want results, if we want to receive from God, then we need to make sure that these principles that the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us through these healing cases, these principles are active in our lives if we're not approaching the way the Bible teaches us to approach, then that, that, that can often stop the results. So we want to learn how to approach. We want to learn how to approach God the way the Bible tells us to approach. Okay? So we're going to look at this. Now, as I said, today's just an introduction. Today is when I wanted to introduce to you what we're going to be talking about. And We're going to study this. We're going to look at the healing ministry of Jesus. We're going to study How people received healing. We're going to go through the individual cases of healing in the ministry of Jesus, and then we're going to start to put together a picture. Each of these healing cases, the individual passages that 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 God has picked, that the Holy Spirit has picked and put in the ministry of Jesus, each of these are pieces of a puzzle. They they teach us things individually, but when you put them all together, they link together and they build the whole picture of how the healing ministry worked how it worked through Jesus and how it works today and so i believe that as we do this you're going to learn some amazing things you're going to learn how to receive from god better for yourself you'll see